Hello and welcome to the Tallest Tree Digital Podcast. I'm Cord Bloomquist, and with me, as always, is Anar Johansson. Hello, Anar. Hey. So, are we going to talk about something different today, or we're going to talk about something very different? We're going to give people a little preview, and this will be a short episode um, because it's just a preview. And I've also I've got to pick my kid up from daycare soon, so we're going to give people a preview oh. of our Think Tank SEO rankings. Now, in the past, we've we've put these out as a report. We did the first one in 2020. We did the next one in 2021. Uh, but we're going to change things this year, right? Yeah, I think we. I'm not sure we've talked about this on the podcast before, but yeah, uh, we're doing this annually. But uh, now we've been able to do some more automation, so uh, we're planning to release this a little bit more often, right? Yeah. So the plan is to do it every month. Um, we've still got to get the the ranking part of it down, but we've done a bunch of data gathering and we've spent the last couple months digging through how to cobble this all together. Um, but we're, yes. we're using four APIs now. So what are, where are we going for this information? Uh, so we something new we did now is uh not only getting uh, for this past year but we got data for the last three years right four three i think because we're interested in seeing something something we're not been focusing on so much i think with the last two ones is we're interested in seeing the uh not growth, let's say the change in what, yeah, what were the most interesting numbers that we saw historical changes in the historical trend uh, in I mean traffic is the most interesting yeah, one, one, right? For sure. Um, that's the most uh transparent or understandable one to but then the things that, that lead to that. So that's gonna yeah. be things like your domain rating, the number of referring domains mm-hmm. to your website, um the the keywords that you're ranking for. And yeah. we're we're not grabbing the page count historically, right? We're getting that as just a current snapshot, but we will have it historically yeah, as time time um, gra- grinds on. We're saving it every yeah, month. Couldn't find a resource a resource for that. That would have been would have been interesting though. But yes, we can incrementally ourselves uh collect that data. It's interesting to see how how much yeah websites grow or shrink over time for sure. That's uh, it doesn't have to be a good or bad thing to grow or shrink. Actually, it's it's just a matter of a matter of um, reorganization, restructuring, I guess, and, and priorities and, and goals. How, I mean, that's the thing I've yeah. talked about over and over again with this study. Is all this tells you is that a think tank has done a good job with SEO. It doesn't tell you if they've done a good job as a think tank. Yeah. Ultimately, a think nope, tank's nope. goal is to generate research that influences the policy process. And if they've done that through a means other than search engines, mm-hmm. hooray, you know, like any way that you can do it uh, is is fine. Um, I think, yeah. well, let's step back and just talk about why we do this study to begin with. Um, so, so one, we were, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so we're thinking ahead. about ways to just think about the think tank industry overall. And 
you know, mm-hmm. how do we talk when we talk to clients who want to get more search traffic? How do we even contextualize? Like, are they doing good or are they doing bad? You know, wh- how does their website compare to their peers? Um, yeah. So if we collect a bunch of data, we could, you know, how many how many sites are how many domains are linking to you on a scale of one to one hundred? Uh, how many domains link to you? That's what domain ranking is from Ahrefs. We grab budget data from ProPublica to try to handicap and say, okay, a group with a small budget is doing this well, a group with an enormous budget is doing this well, you know, how much better or worse are they doing than you might predict? And what we're, what we're interested in is how efficiently is this group getting traffic from search, right? That's what we're trying to measure. Yeah. Like performance per dollar, something like that. Yeah. So we're creating a sort of metric, like, um, it's just a, it's a way of gauging, are you on track or are you wildly off track or are you wildly exceeding expectations? Um, and by yeah. gra- grabbing all the data that we get, uh, we're able to, to put that sort of curve together. And then the ranking is basically um, how much above or below that curve are you? Um, how much do you deviate from where where we would predict that you'd be? And so let's talk about the how that prediction works we're using budget because budget influences everything that you can do in seo uh if you have more budget you can produce more content more content gets more pages indexed on google presumably it leads to more traffic mm-hmm. but more budget also means more money to hire outside pr firms or build your own internal pr team that's you know, getting you great placements in in newspapers or getting you spots um, online that might lead to links coming back to your site. And we know that links are still a major factor in Google's ranking algorithms. Yeah. Uh, and we, we also look at things like, so we try to get more precise. So you've got budget, budget might lead to that to more links. We can measure that with domain rating or number of referring domains. And we can also measure content output in terms of how many pages are indexed on Google. And then we grab some additional data just for, just because it's interesting from a service called Wappalizer that can look at what software or services are running on your website. So it lets us know, are you running WordPress or Drupal? That's something like 60 or 75% mm. of the groups are on just those two content management systems. But then also, you know, are you running, um, Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, do you have an SEO plugin installed? Are you using um, a CDN, a content delivery network that speeds up your site and that might help your rankings? So we're trying to basically make the case that there's 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 groups that have these, these inputs like uh, money, excellent amount of PR, so links are coming into the site, they're cranking out a lot of content uh, and are getting a medium amount of traffic, a huge amount of traffic from that, or kind of surprisingly little traffic com- considering all the resources that they have. Um, yeah. So it becomes a, it becomes a way of benchmarking things. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it will be different because we're going back 36 months for at least the things that we can measure. And those are the things provided by Ahrefs because uh, Ahrefs for people that don't know as a, uh, an SEO tool, that allows you to look yeah. at things like how many how many backlinks are pointing to a website. So you can type in any website in the world, 
pretty much Ahrefs crawls most of the web, but definitely the people that we're talking about because they're they're all pretty well known groups. Uh, and you can see all of the links that Ahrefs has discovered that point to that website. So you can see how many times the Washington Post has linked to AEI.org or how many times CBS News has linked to the Cato Institute, so on and so forth. Um, but you can also see estimated traffic figures because Ahrefs not only crawls the web and maps out all those links, they're also regularly searching Google for, um, I think it's now tens of millions of different keywords and keywords are words and phrases and sometimes very complicated sets of phrases. Um, and they're looking for where you fall in that ranking. And they're also pulling information from Google as to how often that term is searched. That's why they're searching those particular terms. They're popular. Um, and then we can estimate then how much traffic a group gets per month based on, you know, if you have a number one search result and something is searched 50,000 times a month and we estimate that, yeah, that's just the number a... one gets 25% of the traffic. Then we, th we think, okay, that's about 12,000, you know, visits a month from just that search term and so on. So they crunch yeah. all that math for us and we're able to pull that. So now we'll have that Very for 36 months running. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the, and the, Wonderful thing on top of that is Ahrefs also knows how much on average it is to buy an ad against that search term. So it can also uh, put, a, right. put a put a dollar value to that traffic. Yeah, that's quite interesting, actually. How that, so, yeah. Yeah. So now we can say say some things like at the far end of the index, there are some groups that are getting 150% or 250% or 350% of their total annual budget in just search traffic. So those are mm -hmm. the, the best of the best out there. So basically a donor donating to that group is tripling their money uh, in terms of just buying yeah. traffic, right? Buying traffic to a set of, a set of policy ideas. Uh, and they're basically getting the policy ideas and all that stuff for free. And that's how you can view it. It's just the craziest, best investment you could hope for. Um, if all of that is producing some policy change, I'll leave it to think tanks to, mm -hmm. to measure that and figure out what policy impact they're having. I mean, what we can say for sure is there are some groups where you put a, a dollar in, you get $3 worth of Google traffic out of it. Um, so that's pretty astounding and amazing, right? You know, there are other yeah. groups where it's not that, it's not that wild, but it's maybe something like their annual annual traffic from Google is equal to a quarter of their budget. So that's still awesome mm -hmm. and amazing and sometimes really, really huge numbers. So we, we've looked at some groups where they might have a budget of $16 million a year and they're getting $4 million worth of organic traffic. You know, that's really astonishing in terms of, uh, you know, earned media, that's a huge thing for them. And that's, that's what search is. It's a type of earned media. It's just like being mentioned in a wall street journal article or, you know, having an expert called up to uh, be on a segment on CNBC or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And th this year, the study is also, um, we got approval from Ahrefs to use all this historical data because we're pulling a lot of stuff now. Uh, with all yeah. the historical data, we're pulling like tens of thousands of individual 
pieces of data to make all these charts because it's um it's 304 groups something like that we dropped a couple that sort of went out of business we added a few in um Mm-hmm. But we're multiplying 304 times eight different or six different data points times 36 months. So it adds up. It starts becoming some, you know, some big numbers pretty quickly. Yep. And we have a new, um, we have a new partner in the form of Laura Forkham, who is a marketing professor at Clemson University, who's helping us with the the stats part of this whole thing and running the regression analysis and figuring out that benchmarking, how, how much above or below expectations you're operating. Yeah. But I I thought we would go over a few of the things I noticed just doing like the preliminary cleanup uh, of the data, which itself was sort of surprising. So I thought we could spend a few, few minutes on that and then, um, and then wrap it up and leave people in, in rapt anticipation for this whole thing. Hmm. Let's go. So we went over a lot and I think I passed along to you, how many was it? Like 39 domain name changes that we needed to make? Uh, 38. Yeah. I'm looking at the spreadsheet now. Um, that may be overcounting by one, but whatever. It was more than 10%. So something like 12% of the groups on the list um, had URLs that had changed from last year. Let's say they had... Um, been known as you know www.thinktank.org and now they're just thinktank.org or sometimes it's the reverse yeah. or they finally went from http the unsecured protocol to having an ssl certificate which are now free and can be installed in one click it used to be like quite an operation to do that sort of thing but now it's built into everything so there's sort of no excuse but still something like i don't know two percent of the groups don't still have unsecured sites. So that's amazing. But this 12% of groups had address changes or something weird about their, their implementation. So the weirdness Mm -hmm. I saw were things like the site is essentially doubled. Like the site exists at the WWW address and the non WWW address, or it exists at the HTTP and HTTPS address, or sometimes all four. So some websites oh, okay, were quadrupled. Wow. Um, so notably, and I wrote a blog post about this. I normally don't like to call out groups that have these problems, but this is a group with a ton of money that should be able to fix it. And um, I'm sure it's no scam yeah, after nose to have it pointed out. But the the Carter Center, um, named for President Carter, has has four parallel versions of their site running: secure, non-secure at the www and non-wwww address. Uh, I see. And you know the problems with that are yeah I saw all those all those domains you know are pointing to different versions of different pages depending on which address someone used to discover mm-hmm. that page, but every page on their website can be found at four different addresses. Um, yeah, others I found maybe didn't have that problem with the exception of the home page because maybe they had moved from www to non or vice versa right they just for whatever technical reason Mm -hmm. or maybe they just don't like the idea the look of that www in there anymore they they clean up and change the address um and they set a rule that you know redirect everything from www to this 
but that rule doesn't apply to the homepage itself. And the homepage itself is usually the highest ranked, most linked page on the entire website. Uh, and I think that has to do with just technical details of how people end up writing these regular expression rules that redirect things. Um, but that was interesting to me. Yeah. Just the homepage itself on many of these sites was available at different addresses. No other pages had problems. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's a, a huge, that. yeah, huge group of them. And, and I'll have more specifics when we write up the report, but it's just like, it's a way of kind of shooting yourself in the foot in terms of SEO. Um, where there's really just no reason to, to do it. It's a simple set of redirects or it's server settings, or it's a little bit of setup in the content management system itself to just keep the website on one address and not. Be yeah. I think it's just something people don't realize that it matters probably, but um, yeah, but it was really annoying for us when trying to collect data. Cause we're just trying to collect data on, you know, yeah. what's, the what's the address of your website. And for some of them, for it's some annoying of these groups, because... it's very hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, if you're setting up a uh, website in Ahrefs, for example, for tracking, then, well, for the Carter Center, you would have to try all the four URLs to figure out which one is the most used one, I guess, to get yeah. some interesting data or all, all of them. I don't know. Yeah, with Don't that specific example, I think I found that like maybe 70% of, of outside links were pointing to one version. Yeah. There was only 70%. That meant like there was maybe 20 some odd percent that were pointing to the other, like the www versus non. But then the two mm -hmm. unsecured versions of the site still had like five, 10% of links pointing to them. So there's a huge yeah. amount of consolidation there that could be done that alone would probably boost them up in rankings for especially highly competitive keywords, which are probably the things that are most trafficked. So, mm -hmm. so anyway. Um, just a, a very common issue that's now that's still plaguing about 12% of the groups here. As I went through and, and visited every single group's website um, and looked through them individually, looked at the homepage, looked at subpages, I also found mm -hmm. that a ton of these groups have uh, pop-ups that almost surely are violating Google's page experience policy. Yeah. So this is something we don't talk about that much. Like we talk a lot about core web vitals and like getting the site to perform better or to be mm -hmm. interactive faster or to be stable. But one of the other page experience measures is you can't have these pop-ups that pop up over the entire site and block the view of everything and make the site impossible to use. Yeah. yeah. And yet these exist, especially around probably didn't help that I was doing things this late in the year. There's lots of fundraising messages on websites right now. Um, but that means right. you're getting, you're getting dinged by the Google page experience algorithm. And there's, there's still ways of implementing those that are compliant with Google's policy. They're, they're not anti having a, a pop-up of certain sorts, but it has to be something that can be dismissible. That doesn't take over the whole window. They have a whole, Mm -hmm. slew of requirements and there's ways to do it that are compliant which users will also yeah, yeah. appreciate you know um i mean i think i don't know five six years ago i think i used to do these in a non-compliant way probably they were they were just visible but they were pretty disruptive but i mean it's very effective if you're trying to get email email subscribers but it's probably not worth it today to do it Oh, we worked on those projects together. Uh, I remember I remember those yeah, opt-in yeah, yeah. boxes being sure. 
really effective at getting signups. So I understand why people yeah. do it. But there's yeah, yeah. There's a way to do it that I think is still going to drive up your numbers and get you good signups while not also just uh, causing you SEO pain. Um, so that was something noteworthy yeah. and something where I might just go through and manually open. I don't think we have an automated way of doing this, of opening up every single one of these pages again and checking whether or not it has um, a disruptive pop-up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I encountered that I've um, probably seen a few times before, but never repeatedly. So it, I, I didn't... Um, I didn't think to, to ask about it until now, but I, I communicated with folks at Ahrefs about this. For many of the groups, the traffic and ranking graphs were spiky, to put it in technical terms. Okay. Meaning like the rather than coaster. a- Yeah. Well, not even a roller coaster. Rather than like oh, okay. a, a trend line, it would oscillate from a high number to a low number and then up to a high number, again, low number, day by day. Mm-hmm. So not a kind of rolling up and down roller coaster. Yeah, we okay, see that, that a lot. Yeah, a weird roller coaster. Yeah, yeah but this true. was just straight spiking up and down like a yeah, like a seismograph or something, right? Okay. Uh, and I talked to folks at Ahrefs, and the reason that might be happening, and this is interesting for mm-hmm. all the state groups out there, is because uh, Ahrefs is searching Google from different server yeah. locations. So mm-hmm. if it searches for a charter school choice, let's say. And one day it's running that from its server in Connecticut. And another day it's running it for the server in Texas. Sometimes if you're a Texas-based think tank, when it runs it from the server out of Dallas or wherever it is, you're going to be number one because Google is customizing that to just the location of the IP Mm -hmm. it's coming from, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I guess you see this more and more. And since our clients have, have tended to be um, national think tanks or we work with state think tanks that's, that are working on sort of broader issues, um, I guess I haven't seen this that often where something just spikes wildly up and down. But that's what it is. It's because the same words are being searched from different locations and those locations. Yeah, it's then, just because how they estimate the traffic. Yeah. Yeah, it wildly yeah. varies. So you yeah. just have to dig in a little bit deeper so hopefully that doesn't end up influencing um, our measurements too much, and we're we're catching you know the, kind of the average for people as they go by. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, I see. But that's that's something to look out for and just be aware of if they you have highly localized we don't issues. Don't have any override for it because I'm thinking like HRS is a global tool. I mean, it's used by everyone. I imagine and. Feel like the most what should I say the most uh or less what do you say most objective like the one that is least biased would be to searching for from another country I guess like oh, not no. Texas or the or... way that the way that's least biased is subscribe to Hrefs and then set in your ranking tracker when you're uh-huh. looking at your own data your location yeah. you can set that location more specifically than the country you can set it at the state and i think you can set it at the city so if you're doing highly local seo and and state oh, yeah. thinks are basically engaged in that they're trying to do the same I thing i guess that so it, if if you are only expecting people to search from let's say yeah maybe that makes more sense then yeah yeah or, right. or or it makes sense that google would offer if you're if you're 
searching for something like charter schools in Texas, it's going yeah. to show you charter schools in Texas. It's not going to show you charter mm-hmm. schools in Connecticut. You wouldn't want it to. Um, no. And the Texas group doesn't care if it ranks number one for charter schools when people search in Minnesota. They don't want to. No. Fine if they were shown there, but that's not their target audience. Um, no. So. Right. So just in the in the aggregate data that we're using, where we're we're using the scope of show me what this is in the United States, um, mm-hmm. it can just oscillate around because some things are just are highly variable by location. Um, mm-hmm. I see. Well, I I notice more roller coaster stuff in individual individual groups. So what what you expect to see in some of these charts, which which is that you know people go through kind of. Well, what you what you really expect to see in these charts is that things just go up and to the right. <laughs> People grow and grow and grow. Sometimes they grow faster. Sometimes they grow a little slower, but they grow. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I did not see this all the time. Um, on on no. many groups, I saw like tragic cycles of relaunching their website and torching their previous uh, PR achievements. Yeah, process. that's classic. Yeah. So uh, one particular example. I saw that in in 2019, you know, I, I look at this, I look at the the chart coming up in Ahrefs. I just checked every chart in Ahrefs for every one of these groups because uh, I'm I'm looking for things that don't make sense. You know, are are we using the right address? You know, maybe they change domain names, whatever. I'm just kind of making sure that the fidelity of the data is okay. And I see things like the number of domains linking to their website drops to 30% of what it was and their traffic of course falls through the floor correspondingly um and it's on a particular day and i had pulled up the entire time i was doing this um search engine journals list of google updates so this is a timeline of every time that google has run a major update and i thought well yeah. surely for for some of these um uh, maybe you know, maybe the traffic is falling because of that, of that. But, but when I saw that there's a corresponding drop in linking domains, I thought, well, Google updates wouldn't explain that. Right. It's still going to, Ahrefs is still going to note that there's all these domains are linking to this website. Yeah. Yeah. So you check, uh, you know, it, it seemed to make sense to me like, okay, they relaunched their website. And with several of these examples, I confirmed using the Wayback machine. So I went onto the internet archive and looked at that time, and yep, the website looks one way one month. The next month, it looks totally different. So they must have done a relaunch. And in the process of relaunching, I mean, one case I saw 800 domains, unique linking domains gone. And for smaller, like mid-sized, small to mid-sized think tanks, that's huge. That's really a huge amount of effort. And depending on what what 800 domains it is. I think in the in the case of this group, it was something like maybe, maybe that was seventy percent of the domains linking yeah. to them. I mean, they were huge, legitimizing out- outlets for their domain. So th- you know, think about how Google is figuring out if you're worthwhile content. If the New York Times and the Washington Post, um, CBS News, The Economist, you know, Investors Business Daily. Um, maybe it's local things in your local market, Dallas morning news or the or, uh, Orlando sun Sentinel, or I forget what all these newspapers and sites are called, but all these different websites, educational websites too. Um, so universities are linking to a study of yours, something like that. 
all these groups are linking to you, you know, all those links come as the result of, you know, your PR team doing work for years and years and years. And you relaunch the website, you don't put in any redirects and you basically just burn all that to the ground. So it's really tragic. And you see that then, you know, this particular example in 2019, their traffic doesn't get back to the level that it was at until earlier this year. So for all of 2019, 2020, 2021, for three years, they just lose all this organic traffic and visibility because they didn't handle that relaunch correctly. Um, yeah. Finally, because I've got to go, um, I'll say that Google yeah. updates are definitely playing a role in these groups. And I will I will get into it as I can kind of line the data up more uh, and and at least have solid correlations in place. Um, but this becomes evident when you see these weird like plateaus and then trenches in the data. So for six months, someone is up and then they're suddenly down or they're down and then yeah. they're up again. And it's because Google's like changing the algorithm. But the hopeful thing that I saw was that many, many groups on the list, and I, I will try to go back and, and categorize some of them along these like inflection point, um, along these inflection points, I guess. Um, but several of them are December 21 or January of 2022. They start climbing and they're still climbing now. So 2022 has seen a big boost across the industry, at least in groups that have their act together, are doing really mm -hmm. well. Uh, and some have just been benefiting since August or September when we saw Google roll out its useful content update and a core update right after that. Um, I've seen some groups double in traffic. Uh, in just in just the last several months, or double over the course of the last year. I mean, really, really significant monster gains. So that's that's pretty impressive. Um, and I'll I'll highlight those as as groups that must have their act together because you know Google Update rolls out and they're they're benefiting in an extreme way. Um, and that contrasts to another set of groups that I probably won't highlight. Um, you can see from the data, and I won't call you out, but. There are many groups that are getting more and more domains. So you're seeing like all this PR effort happening and yet their traffic just remains dead flat. Yeah. Nobody else is coming to their website through search. And that suggests that just the site structure, organization, interlinking, you know, labeling, like basic taxonomy stuff, like the website just isn't organized well. It just doesn't have anything going on. There's just like no SEO thought being put into it at all. And yet their PR operation is clearly super strong because they're gaining like crazy. Um, so anyway, we're short on time, so I've got to run. But okay. So the things I noticed and and we'll be posting the new the new rankings hopefully soon. <laughs> yes, hope so. <laughs> Before end of the year, I hope. Yes. Well, um, until then, yeah, we'll keep our, our fingers crossed. And uh, hopefully the data gets out to you all uh, so you can hit the ground running come 2023. Sounds good. All right. Until next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.